Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Fong and welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by Freelancer Magazine, helping you grow a freelance business you love. Sharing inspirational stories from freelancers around the world, freelance-specific business advice, practical tips, trends, events and lifestyle features. It's making a very welcome addition to post boxes and inboxes, because there's a digital version, around the world. But if I were you, I'd get those... Sweet glossy pages in your hand. Make sure you're subscribed. Head to freelancermagazine.co.uk. But right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for graphic designer and illustrator Sam Minton. I'm not the most organised people, so it is it is a fight to sort of keep good records and things. But you know, you, you learn more every year you operate. I get a slightly better grip on it every year. learned that I'm always happiest when I am busy with work. Ideally it's paid but if it's not then I can still be creating and getting something out there. You never know like if when something's going to be picked up on. I think it's just sort of being yeah optimistic and sort of everything is sort of important even if it's not necessarily being paid for. I think it's just the reliance on yourself is like really key. You're only going to find the work that you really go out and hunt for. So if, if like you're like looking at your schedule and you're thinking, oh, it looks a little bit thin this month, then it's kind of on you to sort of remedy that. The buck stops with you. You've got, you've got to go out and look for it. So there is Sam. Remember, new episodes coming every other week at the moment, but you can also come join me on Instagram at Being Freelance. And of course, in the community, go to beingfreelance.com. There's loads of different stuff on there. But yes, most importantly, come and hang out with other people doing exactly what you do. Or if you're new to freelancing, doing something that you want to do. Good place to hang out. And just to say a big thank you to everybody who's been sharing the podcast. If, as you're listening to it, you're really enjoying it, uh, take a screen grab, maybe share it on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it's called these days, or um, threads, I know, Blue Blue Sky? I've never been on Blue Sky. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Whatever it is, wherever it is, even if it's by turning to somebody sitting to the right of you in a co-work space or on a train and telling them about the Being Freelance podcast. Help spread the word. And if you enjoy it as well, maybe you might want to leave a review. It does make a difference, not just to my ego, but to it being found. So, um, yeah, check out your podcast app and see if you're able to leave a review as well. Reviewing what? Well, this week's episode for a start. Let's chat to this week's guest. We're often not in the UK to chat to freelance graphic designer and illustrator Sam Minton. Hey Sam! Hello, thank you for having me. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Well, I did fine arts at Nottingham Trent University and I sort of found myself getting more and more sort of disenfranchised with it. Like I never felt super comfortable on the course itself. So I sort of found myself drifting more towards getting excited about doing the flyers and things for like events we were hosting. And I, and I just, it was sort of like anything to sort of get away from the studio and making things. So I think that's when I sort of first sort of found graphic design as a sort of concept. But it probably wasn't until like after I graduated and I started working at a club in Nottingham called Rescue Rooms. And they sort of gave me my first um, sort of flyer thing they let me do. And it was, I think it was, for like a happy hour and they paid me in a bottle of rum but (laughs) (laughs) 
it was a good foothold. It sort of made me realise that there was because I've always really liked art and making things, and I thought I was so yeah, so so bored of uh, fine art, and I was watching all these like amazing painters and performance artists around me, and I just couldn't seem to find my niche. And I think yeah, when I sort of found that there was something I could do that was like really visual, but still arty, but just away from that, I think that was a revelation. So I slowly just started moving away from pouring pints and into more design work as I sort of slowly built up a bit of a reputation through sort of like, yeah, working for other bars and things with um, design work. And yeah, and eventually I was just able to sort of fully stop pulling pipes and yeah, just moving straight on to like designing. Never really looked back since. Amazing. When you started to build that reputation with other bars, was that because you were approaching them or they were seeing your bar and going, hey, who did that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think in the in the early days, I did sort of rest on my laurels a bit and just sort of let word of mouth sort of do it for me. There was a few sort of like nice things that restrooms let me do initially, like um, I did like a t-shirt for them and, and then that moved on to like I did a, there was a mural outside and so it was sort of out there and um, I was lucky enough that that bar sort of also owns a couple of others in Nottingham and sort of was allowed to sort of slowly sort of move into doing a few bits for them. And it just sort of, yeah, snowballed from there a bit. But I mean, mainly it's sort of word of mouth that sort of helped me out, especially in the sort of early years of um, working. And I assume you didn't continue just to be paid in rum. <laughs> uh, did you know what you were doing, like pricing wise, like that side of things? Hmm. In a way, I, I still sort of struggle with pricing things. I think initially there's a lot more sort of scope for being taken advantage of because you're sort of excited to be like, wow, this is this t-shirt could be in this this bar that I go to. But I think I've learned to be better with it since then, since I sort of found that someone's not just buying your time, they're buying your sort of your skills and your ideas as well. And that sort of helped me sort of price things a bit better now. But definitely in the early days, yeah, I, 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 think it was just uh, excitement to be involved with like an area that I loved and learning is like continuous about pricing and uh, it is yeah it's still a struggle. <laughs> so you stop pulling pints you just decide that actually I'm a graphic designer now thanks very much <laughs> like what, what oh, by the way when was that how long ago what when are we talking oh, about? I think I'm probably about 13 years into being freelance now so it was it was back back in my youth okay so 13 years ago and you like how how did it evolve like because it's one thing to say okay I'm stopping pulling pints I'm gonna do this now but like did anything change like how did you start to approach things the, the, the bar that sort of gave me these initial projects I mean they did actually end up firing me unfortunately so that was a bit of a <laughs> that was a bit of a jump start into it so that did okay. help but I did. I ended up going because I was sort of like more of a club, and then I ended up moving to a sort of quieter pub and sort of um, showed them that I was doing sort of these uh, kind of uh, clubby flyers and uh, half sort of happy hour drink posters and things. And then they sort of let me at some of like the chalkboards and things like that. And I did did some sort of business cards and some menus for them. And I was sort of moving into sort of yeah seeing different areas that were sort of possible it, it didn't all have to be sort of silly colorful um sort of cartoony things which I love doing but also like other areas of like sort of laying out um sort of like big blocks of information and making sure you sort of come to the 
to the lunch offers or things like that and making sure it all sort of translates right. So it was sort of like, um, sort of like on the spot sort of training to get this sort of really good sort of graphic result. And they were really, um, yeah, I was really thankful they let, let me sort of take that on. So it was actually at that pub that I just sort of finding myself designing sort of in the day and then I was putting pints at night. And then it was slowly just seeing possible to just to sort of stop the pints and sort of see how it went. And um, yes, it seems to be going okay so far. So, so where did you then get your clients from? Because you know, suddenly you're dependent on it, I guess. Yeah. So did you have a website? Were you like putting yourself... Yeah, how how did the work come your way then? Well, I was very... I mean, I feel like I've always been quite fortunate with this. Like I did... I knew I knew a guy in Nottingham who was a pub manager. And I met him at this pub. And then he moved to London and started managing a pub there. And then he told another pub manager while he was there... <laughs> And then that that pub that he told I still work for now sort of regularly, and it's been like a lot of, like a long time now. And I, so it, I mean, it's just it's a lot of luck. The word of mouth is just so valuable, and I think like through that manager, like he sort of told a few other sort of people, and then there's there's a lot of them are still relationships I have today, which is which is really 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 thankful for. I think sort of nowadays I do do a lot more sort of um, proactive sort of hunting for work. I think in like the first five years, might have got a little bit lazy with it. But sort of in, in recent, especially sort of post-COVID, I've been doing a lot more sort of going out and trying to create my own sort of opportunities. So yeah, that's all a learning curve as well. It's, it's, it's hard to promote yourself, but um, you sort of learn a bit more every time you try. What sort of things have you been doing to create your own opportunities, as you put it? Well, I've, I've got a couple, I've got an Instagram and I did, I started a new Instagram recently because I was, my sort of um, illustration one sort of slowly evolved into just sort of doodles and things that I did for myself and people seem to really respond to those and it slowly stepped away from a more of a graphic design side. But I found like if I was putting up like a poster that I'd just done for a pub on my uh, Instagram it just it wasn't getting any engagement and I realized I probably needed to sort of specialize that one into like an illustration one and then I make a proper one that was like professional so I've sort of been working more on developing um, this graphic design Instagram at the moment and sort of making a lot of contacts on there with like pubs and breweries because they sort of tend to be uh, my bread and butter generally so it's, I mean, often it's just a case of just keeping an eye on their Instagrams and like sometimes I do some direct messaging, which um, which can often, I mean, more often than not, you sort of get a polite reply, but then occasionally you, and you, you get a really nice one back and you realise that you're, um, you might be developing a new uh, sort of a professional relationship with a new venue. And uh, yeah, I've been quite lucky recently that that's been paying off a little bit more. So you've got two faces to your business, kind of, yeah. Like. Graph, graphic design, which would look like what? Menus, posters, mm-hmm. and then illustration, which is more... Yeah, it's, it, it is tricky because there is a lot of crossover on them. And I know I'm still sort of negotiating, like, if I do a poster that's got a lot of illustration on it, I mean, which one do I put that on? But I've just... Um, it's sort of finding the right sort of balance now. I kind of class the one as sort of a, a portfolio of, of sort of paid-for work, which I could really direct to sort of um, businesses and sort of um, events and venues and things like that. And then the illustration one is more sort of commission-based and I might just 
get a lot of like people saying, oh, can you draw my girlfriend for her birthday and things like that. So I found that sort of keeping them separate has helped the engagement on sort of both of them and the reach and things that I don't fully understand. But it's sort of like putting a bit of a line between them I have found quite useful. And is that line also on your website? That's a good point. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not really a website designer, unfortunately. So I've always sort of struggled with how I present what I do on my website. It's, it's definitely a combination of both. So I haven't sort of separated them out other than them just sort of being under different sort of uh, pages, really. My website's kind of organized, grouped by sort of projects or pubs currently. So if there's a pub I've worked for for like 10 years, um, then I got like various projects within that group. So it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to work out how to present. It's a, it's, a, it's a struggle I often think about, actually. Like, so there's a lot of areas I like to do, but I haven't quite sort of worked out how they marry together necessarily. Yeah, it's interesting because when I look at it, I very much see a definite sort of like illustrative style that seems to run through all of these different things. And I, yeah. I can't tell necessarily, you know, at first glance, whether it's a personal project or whether it's like for a brewery, you know, like beer uh, artwork and stuff like that. So is, is there maybe some work that you maybe even choose not to put on your portfolio on your website? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, I, I think... Um... Yeah, in the past, there's been like commissions or projects and things, and I sort of think that it won't really fit onto either of them or for one reason or another. I'm not, um, maybe not that happy with sort of having it sort of out there to to, to represent me. So yeah, it's sort of curated, uh, both of them. I sort of spend a a lot of time sort of trying to keep adding to both of them regularly because you have to sort of play by a lot of Instagram rules nowadays and they sort of reward engagement and frequency of posting and things like that so i've been really really sort of trying to push the social media side even though it feels like a bit of an uphill battle a lot of the time and that sort of includes sort of trying to move into things like reels as well because they're like the the new thing you've got to you've got to work with so (laughs) i've been trying to get my head around that sort of thing and i must admit right so i first discovered your work because i was scrolling through instagram and well i just saw your work yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that's good. It's obviously someone I thought was looking at. And then I realised, actually, I wasn't following you. But this was a, was it a suggested, a sponsored post? Like, had, Oh, that's it, right, yeah. And I think the artwork was, like, really cool. But it was, like, you know, graphic design for hire or something like that. As in, it, even in itself, it was quite explicit. Is that right? We Have you been trying with that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, so you can just like promote um, anything on Instagram. It's like, I mean, like I've got a lot of sort of issues with Instagram, but generally things like um, like pro- promoted posts are like really effective, like especially if you're like trying to advertise yourself. So I did, I created uh, the image you're talking about. It was just like, a, uh, I think it was an image of me with some tentacles, just some sort of, uh, sort of eye catching and then some information on it. And then, yeah, you can just like boost it every so often. Every time you sort of boost it, depending on how much you spend, I do. I get quite like a fair amount of messages back, and um, yeah, I mean, like a, a lot of the time, you, you do end up just like uh, quoting people for various things and not hearing from them from them again. But that's just, just the nature of the game, really. And uh, yeah, but like a lot of times, yeah, I've had some nice work come out of it. So it's it's, it's a really good um, service that they provide. Mate, so it has definitely bought you not just followers, but it has bought you work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's mainly sort of like commission based. I don't think I've had any like larger projects out of it, but 
if you get like a sort of um, steady stream of like smaller projects, then it's it's just as beneficial. So yeah, I mean, it's I, I would highly recommend it. It's a very good um, little uh, perk of uh, Instagram. Yeah, sounds like you've built up loads of great relationships over the years. Well, like what what do you think works when dealing with clients, building up those? I mean, like just just being like reliable and available, I think is a big part of it. Like especially if you're like working with a lot of like uh, like events and venues and things like that, and you've got like usually quite tight deadlines. So I think having a good sort of reply rate is really important. Being like really available, like and um, letting people know when you're not around as well, I think is really important, especially with pubs and things because they they need to sometimes get these things out like far in advance and sometimes you might be doing your Christmas stuff in summer and things like that and you just need to sort of keep them abreast of things like that so I think that's really important and yeah just uh, trying to develop a sort of style for each place I think is is quite key you don't like um, I think like I I do have a style that sort of runs throughout a lot of my work but with each new client I try and sort of do something a bit different so it's just trying to give each place a sort of unique uh, look and then sort of carrying that on and forward onto other things I think is quite important. Do you know anyone else uh, so you've been doing this 13 years but it's not like you so you studied fine art like do you know any other sort of like graphic designers slash illustrators doing what you do like are you in a? Yeah I actually don't so I mean I, I do know a few designers most of whom are with agencies or like big companies some designers I know are like very sort of locked in on doing branding and things, which is an area that I have looked at in the past, but it's not sort of something that naturally sort of comes to me. So I, I, yeah, I do think that maybe I'm a slight oddity in the, in the design world that sort of gets their name passed around, like through, through different people saying, Oh, this is a really good poster designer. Then you should get in touch with, with them. And, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know many freelance designers at all. Actually, they're, they're they're mostly sort of contained within larger companies. But I certainly don't know anyone who does quite the sort of same area that I sort of seem to inhabit. Are you someone who sort of like is into the business side of it, or is that a <laughs> an unfortunate byproduct? Uh, yeah, I would say definitely the latter. Like, I I really I I mean, I try and improve every year. I'd say like I'm not the most organized of people. So it is it is a fight to sort of keep good records and things. But I think I do improve every year, but I'm still not really where I would like to be at right now. I'm, it's just like keeping track of like invoices and uh, receipts and things like that is, is always an area I think I'm going to struggle with. But, you know, you, you learn more every year you operate. And I think I get a slightly better grip on it every year. Is that through consciously reflecting on it or just... I think it's just like fear of like uh, <laughs> just getting to the end of another year and maybe not being quite as organised as I should have been. And I, I think it's just, yeah, trying to trying to make my life easier is, is what I'm all about, really. And um, sometimes I don't do that. So I, it, is, it's, it is an area I need to develop a lot more. But the, but the money stuff is always, uh, it's always quite, yeah, it's not my favourite part of it. Like I really like waking up and seeing like I've got a full kind of roster of work on I really look forward to getting into that but when it comes to money I mean it's it is it always it's always slightly awkward to sort of discuss so yeah not not my favorite area speaking of that roster of work how do you sort of structure your 
day or your week? Um, well, I try and keep like a pretty good notebook of what I've got on currently. And I've got a whiteboard, which I try and use. So I'll usually just come in and sort of look what I've got on, check, check, check the emails, see what hasn't been followed up on. I mean, a lot of it often is waiting for feedback to come back in before you can send something. So sometimes I'll end up chasing people, like especially if there's, I'm aware that like it's like for a Halloween poster and Halloween's like five days away or something like that. <laughs> so a lot of chasing of a lot of chasing of people, yeah, and then just sort of trying to work out what's most important and what's what really needs to go to print like first and focusing on that. So like keeping a good sort of handle on deadlines and things. And yeah, and then sort of following up, keeping a good record of like invoices and things. I try and sort of tick them off if I've been paid them or or if I need to chase it a bit more. Kind of like a free flow kind of structure, really. I mean, I'm, I'm quite sort of, like I said, it's not the organisation isn't something I'm super uh, good at. But I mean, yeah, it's, it, seems to, it seems to still run. What do you find most challenging about being freelance i think it's just the reliance on yourself is like really key you're only gonna find the work that you really go out and hunt for so if, if like you're like looking at your schedule and you're thinking oh, it looks a little bit thin this month then it's kind of on you to sort of remedy that so it's following up with people is really important and sort of yeah sort of picking the right right opportunities as well it's very key you can undervalue your time quite easily. So sometimes it is best to say no to some projects if you really feel like they it's just undoable for the budget or the, or the time constraints. So things like that are tricky. I mean, it's it's all it's all quite hard, really. I mean, like the buck stops with you. It's, it, you've got you've got to go out and look for it. What changed though, like post COVID, where you you seem to sort of like take a different tact on it. Um, yeah, well, COVID was obviously uh, pretty nightmarish, especially for me when, like, I'd say about sort of ninety percent of my work comes from some pubs, venues, clubs, things like that. Um, it did sort of make me stop and reevaluate. I mean, I, I basically just didn't work for like a I don't know, a lot, like at least a year now. It was it was pretty rough. I mean, I had some sort of commission work which sort of filled a bit of time, but. It was just like watching your sort of um, the the money you're coming in just like tanking like effectively overnight and all these projects like half finished and things that are just suddenly cancelled. So that was rough. But in in some ways, I'm still like recovering from a lot of it because pubs who I used to come back to me year in year out like they just sort of stopped coming back and maybe it just it was something to do with like putting a bit of a pinch on like the purse strings of sort of like when things are so uncertain and then sort of finding another sort of avenue for that. So I think, uh, yeah, it's just sort of rebuilding that client base, which I've been working on uh, sort of for the last couple of years now and sort of exploring other routes and things. So I have started like looking at sort of selling sort of more print work, which I've recently got working. So that's sort of another avenue that I've never looked at before. Yeah, and and I've the sort of expansion into sort of more sort of areas like um been doing some sort of like websites sort of layouts and things recently which i've never really looked at before so that's the sort of area that uh is worth more exploration interesting yeah because it's that 
it's great to have a niche until suddenly that industry mm. takes a hit, which, I mean, let's face it, nobody could have, well, nobody saw that coming and goes across quite a lot of different industries as well. But how did you, like, literally, you know, when all that work did dry up, how did you stay positive and how did you, like, had you got a bank of savings or? Um, yeah, reasonably. Um I mean, staying positive, like, I've always really just enjoyed drawing and creating. So, like, I think that's when I sort of tried to push my Instagram to become more than just um, sort of a collection of projects I'd done in the past. So it was about sort of trying to move that forward and sort of getting more followers on there and sort of creating more connections and things. So I think that's sort of how I busied myself mainly. And I think that was quite good because it was sort of like refining a bit more of a sort of a love for just doing things just because I want to do them rather than them getting commissioned and paid for. So I think in that sense, I found COVID quite, um, there was sort of a silver lining with it. I mean, that obviously got quite, quite old quite quickly. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously very lucky. I, I, my wife has got a has got a good good job and uh, was reasonably unaffected by COVID. So there was that sort of um, safety net that was helpful. But yeah, I mean, without without that, I mean, like uh, it would have been really really tough. Yeah, like a lot worse than it was. But interesting that the side project sort of like brought that part of your you know the joy of creativity back mm. so are side projects important in general in what you do yeah I think so like uh, I try and do things just for me as much as I can when I'm not busy because I've learned that I'm always happiest when I am busy with work ideally it's paid but if it's not then I can still be um, creating and getting something out there and you never you just you never know like if, when something's going to be picked up on and sort of it could just be like a springboard for something bigger, which has happened a, a couple of times with some of the some of the sort of doodles I've done on Instagram that really led to some good stuff. So I think it's just sort of being, yeah, optimistic and sort of everything is sort of important, even if it's not necessarily being paid for. Nice, yeah. God, that always reminds me. We had um, Stanley Chow, the illustrator, on once, and he uh, and it always strikes me like so much of his success came out of creating a white stripes poster just you know like just for the hell of it but then one day getting a phone call from the white stripes people <laughs> and you're like well what if it never created that thing or put it out into the world and just you know decided to watch a show that night instead yeah yeah Crazy. definitely yeah i had one quite uh similar to that recently well like i say recently last year like um there was a there's a podcast i'm really fond of called uh, the cryptid factor and i really wanted to just draw something for the sake of it. And it's all about sort of Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and things like that. So I just drew the podcasters riding the Loch Ness Monster and just put it up. And then one of the podcasters like commented on it saying, oh, this is this is amazing. And then they think, I know I had a, an email in my inbox from his um, his agent asking if, if I'd be willing to illustrate his book. So that was a, a really fantastic project that literally wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have just fancy doing some silly doodling back with sam in a moment don't forget as well as the podcast there is the community come and hang out with us we've left facebook behind it in our own private space now loads of extra things happen in there like co-working like the non-employer the week awards book club but 
like there's this underlying fact that you can go there when you need to sense check something, when you need a second opinion, when you want to get something off your chest, when you want to celebrate a win. Instead of just turning to your left and high-fiving the yucca plant, you can do it to your BFFs, your Being Freelance friends. Come and find us. Basically, if you like the podcast, I'm pretty convinced you're going to like the community so do come and join us beingfreelance.com slash community coming up soon this month we've got the freelance disco a live show that we do where uh, it's just exclusive to the community where we have a guest share their freelance soundtrack basically we have music videos as part of it it's a lot of fun uh, we've also got a live q a coming up in november all about podcasting using a podcast to promote your business so yeah plenty to get stuck in with Go to beingfreelance.com slash community. Right now, though, let's head back and catch up with Sam. How is work-life balance for you? You clearly like to be busy. It is a tricky relationship because, it's like, especially when you work from home, I mean, your work and your life are just sort of, they are tied together. Um, and I, I have always sort of thought of what I do as, like, a sort of hobby that I'm lucky enough to get paid for. So the separation of them isn't, that important to me as such like rather than I mean other than just sort of getting away from the screen like every sort of chance you get for like a walk or go read a book or something so that that's very important to me and I can sort of feel if I haven't done that but yeah I think it's it, like just getting out of like my office for like uh, like an hour is like all I sort of need really to separate them from each other so yeah I mean I'm, I'm yeah quite happy with the sort of balance of it all really Excellent to hear. Right, now, uh, Sam, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? So, number one, I once got a head injury while playing the Super Nintendo. (laughs) Okay. Number two, I once did such a vigorous cheers with a glass, I ended up in (laughs) A&E. Yep. And number three... I once broke my wrist arm wrestling my old manager on Halloween. <laughs> oh, these are great. Okay, right, I'm going to delve a bit deeper. How did you end up in A&E from clinking glasses? <laughs> well, I was with my friends in Margate at a festival. We'd had a few drinks and we were on our way to see the Libertines and me and my friend like, were just clinking, cheersing our glasses and then next thing I know, I'm just holding a pile of um, just bloody glass. <laughs> then I looked down at my hand and it was, yeah, it was it was cut pretty badly. And I, I ended up going to the bar staff and asking if I could get a plaster. And she took a look at it and said, no, you need to go to A&E. And, uh, basically, yeah, I'd severed, severed my thumb <gasps> tendon. But I, I still ended up going and seeing the Libertines that night. And the, <laughs> so it was it was quite a rough evening but yeah we, i managed to get through it oh my god how strong are you and your friend <laughs> you very um, brittle glasses maybe <laughs> you were arm wrestling your manager and what happened you hurt your wrist uh no i, I broke my wrist well it was more of a fracture i think it was like a type one fracture or something it was just arm wrestling <laughs> and came came down too hard at a, at a weird angle and then I just heard this little pop and I thought it was okay. And then I picked up a pint as I sort of turned it to my mouth. Like, and the turn, I just felt, it just felt like it just clicking. 
So I, yeah, and the worst of it was I had to go to the hospital after that as well. And it was because it was Halloween. I was dressed as Super Mario, <laughs> but I took because <laughs> I was able to take the hat off. I was just a man in dungarees at least. <laughs> oh my god! These are, these injuries are. Pre- it's amazing <laughs> that you can draw with your hands at all. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, now I've saved the most curious till last. You injured yourself playing the SNES. Yes, that's right. Um, it was when I was, I think I was about eight, and I was sitting on a stool, and I was playing with my brother, and I forgot that I was sitting on a stool, so I leant backwards, <laughs> and I fell, and I fell over, and I hit, <laughs> it hit the rocking chair in my head, and I ended up having to have a, a CAT scan because I went cross-eyed. <gasps> And then my and my mum had to make me wear an eye patch for for about a year to try and correct my eyes. <laughs> what what game were you playing? Uh, it was Mario again, actually. Okay, <laughs> I don't know whether I do believe this or not because like it was almost like you kept adding more and more ridiculous layers of stuff on top <laughs> of that. There was the cat scan. There was an eye patch. Um, but then I could say the same about the. Halloween one, the fact that you were dressed as Super Mario. <laughs> which, it's, oh, okay, which one is the lie? The Super Nintendo injury is the lie. Yeah, unfortunately, that one's true. Oh, man! <laughs> the lie was the arm wrestling one. Oh, <laughs> that sounded like... You even had the type of fracture sorted out. Like, oh, well, it, well, it wasn't really broken. It was I a did type a quick one Google. fracture. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter fractured her wrist and I was actually like, yeah, last Christmas. And so I'm quite up with my wrist fractures. Oh, wow. I totally believed you. Um, okay, well, well done. And <laughs> the eye patch was true. Okay. It was, uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, for God's sake, it's just as well you work from home and you can't leave the house that often. You're yeah. a liability. Sam, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Mm, I think I would say like it's very hard, but it can be really rewarding. And maybe it'd be better to not just go directly into being freelance. Maybe doing some time in like a studio and sort of building up to it might be quite useful just because it, it's, it's a baptism of fire going straight from like pub work to being freelance and maybe maybe I'd be slightly further ahead now if I hadn't had so learned so much sort of on the fly but I, pro- I probably wouldn't change much realistically but just yeah just um don't don't be impatient and yeah and it's amazing and <laughs> yeah but tough <laughs> Sam, it's been so good to talk to you. Go to beingfreelance.com as there are for all of our guests. You'll find links through so that you can check out Sam's work online. Check out his amazing prints in his shop as well that he mentioned you got the shop. Uh, they're so good. Uh, really, really brilliant style. Go to beingfreelance.com. And of course, um, you know, if you're like Sam and you don't know any other freelance, this isn't a pitch directed at you, Sam. It feels <laughs> like it is. This is aimed at everyone listening. If you're freelance, but you don't don't know any other freelancers then do check out the community go to beingfreelance.com slash community click on the button that says community however whichever way you take do go find it because you're not alone being freelance all right okay sam thank you so much and all the best being freelance thank you thanks for having me 
there goes Sam. Do check out his artwork. I flipping love it. Now, have you caught the other episodes that we've had in this season so far? We've had Frankie Shanahan. We've had Kaylee Hall. Next week, we're doing that thing where I go back and speak to somebody from years ago. This podcast has been going for over eight years now. So we're going back and we're speaking to Joel Klecki in Canada about what happened to him next. It's like the best kind of problem to have, but when you start getting too many great opportunities, your psyche plays into it because you, you will ask, oh, am I not doing enough? Should I be able to handle this? What happens if I turn away this company? Am I burning a bridge to some incredible future? Like you, you can be very emotionally invested in these opportunities beyond just the financial. So you start to think, well, should I be scaling? Should I be turning this into an agency? Should I be hiring? Like what should I be doing here? And unless you have done the internal work to kind of define like what's enough for you what are you happiest to to work on it can be really tough so if you want a bit of homework you can go back and listen to his original episode search for joel in the being freelance archive listen to it because we'll be finding out what happened in the very next episode not next week but the week after if you're listening to this as it goes out Uh, in the meantime i'll see you in the community or at being freelance on instagram you have a great week being freelance